Hello there, friendo. Welcome to the Criminally Underrated Podcast. A podcast for those treasured few, holding their passions and talents close to the chest, away from the all-seeing eye, up in the sky. This episode I'm joined by Doug Lustenhop, or DJ Doug Pound, as he is best known. Doug has had a very impressive career, starting off as an intern, working alongside Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim on their very first Adult Swim show, Tom Goes to the Mayor, then eventually joining the editing team on perhaps their most well-known show, Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. This is where Doug was able to get freaky with these absurd, weird and incredibly creative editing techniques. The freakier, the better. Since then, he's gone on to work on the cult Eric Andre show, Portlandia, and has found himself writing and directing his own projects. This includes Pound House and Two Wet Crew. Two very weird, very creative, very absurd shows, which I highly, 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 highly recommend you watch. Doug is also a very talented music man. He just released an EP collaborating with a fellow comedian, Sarah Spence, titled Coconut Sandwiches, released under the duo The Free Rolls. So, Grab your martini, sit back, ignore the man tapping on your window, and relax. Start off with because I think that's what you're probably most known for. Um, I mean, you've you've created quite a distinct editing style, let's say. Um, but I mean, what where do you think that weird part of your brain comes from? Like, where do you think that that initially came from? That kind of weird, um, like zoom in, zoom out kind of esque quality to it. Well, I I mean, it just. I don't really don't I don't really know. I think uh when I first started editing it was like it was back in the 90s and the technology was like kind of crude when I first started and I just thought it was the funnest thing to do. I just couldn't wait to I didn't have my own editing you know I didn't, it wasn't like Final Cut Pro was out yet mm-hmm. or anything like that. So when I got to do it, it was like this real treat. And then I just immediately just started playing around and experimenting because I thought that just looked funny when you just cut things together all weird. Yeah. I just, it's just funny. And I, I experimented with um, found footage, you know, um, just taking like a news clip or something and, Cut, speeding it up and mm-hmm. you know chopping it up all i just thought 
I just thought it was funny. I mean, yeah, I guess that's where it started. Um, it started off when I was learning how to edit. I would, yeah, I would take found footage and kind of play, play around with it and just make it into something different. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's where that style started. And then I saw some, I was inspired by other stuff. I remember this one skate video where they would like repeat a frame and it would be like, kind of like the stuttering effect. Mm -hmm. I think it was, I just remember like, I never saw, I never saw that before. And I think that was about around the time soon after that, I got into like nonlinear editing, like the Avid or maybe Adobe Premiere, an early version of that was out. And then I started to just, um, I just remember like seeing things and kind of copying them. It's not like, I don't think I completely invented any kind of, I mean, I came up with my own style, but I don't, mm. I like a lot of these tricks I would like see elsewhere and kind of um build off of build off of that yeah and this this guy the tv sheriff my friend davy force he would do remixes of tv commercials and stuff with a sampler a video sampler he would take little tiny little video clips mm -hmm. and have them on, on little midi keys and he would like jam them you know together really fast <laughs> so i was i was inspired by him yeah for sure too and then i kind of did my own version of that and then i guess when i started working with tim and eric i just they were cool with me like um just getting weird yeah and <laughs> even i remember even the network we would like they would just say make it make it even weirder so it was awesome we i just leaned into it at first i did it sort of like look at this kind of rough cut, you know, look how, look how silly I did it. Like, we're not going with this. Right. And then they were like, yes, more of that. <laughs> so that's kind of how it, and then that opened the floodgates where I was like, okay, well now I'm going to like, let it rip. You know? Yeah. I mean, something like that's quite rare to get as well, like complete freedom. I yeah. Guess. It was, yeah. It was so refreshing after, before that I had had like the worst editing jobs, just doing like commercial mm -hmm not even commercial stuff, just PR videos and industrial kind of training videos and things like that. And that that's the footage I used to, after work, I used to take and, you know, remix yeah. just for kind of like a, a cathartic release of this stuff is so lame. Right. And then like making fun of it, you know, secretly afterwards. Yeah. And did you show that to your friends and stuff or just? Yeah, it was and... like showing my friends yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then eventually like somebody i think i i i don't know what it was i showed something i was like in college i showed one of my like re-edits to like a teacher and he he said oh you should show this at a this should be like at an art gallery art. so then i thought <laughs> oh i'm a video artist so then i started to um i showed some of my videos in different art galleries for a while, mm -hmm. but they were always like, I was always going for a laugh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was in Chicago. I wasn't around any kind of entertainment business. I was like hanging around like artists and stuff. And I, I was trying to just make people laugh.
So then, um, yeah. So then, uh, I, then I, one day I realized I got to go somewhere where, where I can be working on funny TV shows. Mm-hmm. So that's how that evolved, I guess. I mean, like that kind of uh, weird stuff you were doing for art galleries, was that quite popular back then? Or was that something that quite developed over time? <laughs> like, were my videos quite popular? Um, well, like, well, yeah, the, the weird stuff, the weird edits you did and submit it to the galleries, were they quite... Um, no, no, they were not popular at all. <laughs> I mean, I got into a kind of a prestigious gallery. Um, what's it called? I can't even remember. It's called. It's a school in. Um, I'll look it up. It's it's in Brook. It's in Queens. Or, um, why can't I think of it? <laughs> PS One. It's called Public School One. They turned it into an art gallery. All right. <laughs> I showed it. I showed it. I submitted a, two videos to them, and they took them both. So they showed both of them at this installation. So that was like my slight moment of, and then like art world um that's my slight moment of showing something at a legit gallery before that it was like in chicago at kind of like little um diy spaces and Mm. but then i helped i i did help my friend eric fensler do these gi joe Mm. psas and those got really popular Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, I, I I actually didn't when I was researching on you, I didn't know about the GI Joe videos because then they didn't quite make it over to the UK. Um, but I did watch them, and I and it's very weird. Like I didn't I didn't expect that at all. Like it's it's almost like pre YouTube in a way. Like you know how like when YouTube started, people would do all these funny edits and stuff. It was like yeah, that it was pre. It was pre YouTube. They came out in like two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like through that, I can did. So, what was your involvement with that? Were you did you edit any of it, or were you doing voiceovers, or? Yeah, those were. He was a friend of mine, and we worked. I think I got him the job at this this video place that I worked at, and. Yeah, after work we would use the gear to like edit our own little projects, make our own little videos. Mm. And he brought in a DVD that he bought and it was you know how the DVDs you can't copy them, they're like copy protected. Mm. I knew how to uncopy protect <laughs> the DVD. So I I I copied it for him. And then I was he did, I don't think he knew how to, I was like an editor there. He was like in the tape room. He didn't really, maybe he didn't know how to use the Avid yet, but I, I put him on the Avid and then I helped him. I did the, I edited the first four mm-hmm. and I did some of the voices on the first four. And then after that, um, he kind of, did the editing himself after those first four. Hmm. I actually, I did a few, I did a few of them. There was like some special effects things, a few of them that I did. Um, but yeah, then I did some of the voices, but yeah, Eric really, those were his, that was his project. Yeah. But I, I take a little credit for some of the jokes that got in there are my responsibility. <laughs> you, I mean, you, you, I've noticed you worked with a lot of Eric's like, um, or Eric Fesler, 
Eric Andre, Eric Wareheim. Like, is that like a weird coincidence? <laughs> I don't know why there's so many Eric's out there. Yeah, <laughs> is there not a lot of Eric's in the UK? Um, I don't, I don't think I know any Eric's in real life. I'm pretty sure I don't. Oh, <laughs> it's not very popular. Maybe like uh, the German immigrants. Maybe it comes from that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, on on an Eric actually. Um. So you watched an Eric Andre show. Um. I think I I don't know whether it is true or not, but I did hear whether and like um, the interviews they're about an hour, two hour longs, or like they they're a lot longer than what they're broadcast as. And yeah, yeah. Like when you edit them, is there like a lot you've had to cut out which you've really hated to <laughs> a lot of stuff we would we would we want to keep you mean yeah or just because like the show's like 10 minutes long isn't it yeah i mean there's a lot yeah that's 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 a really hard part of the show because mm. so much great stuff like really like and the first rough cuts are like 16 to 20 minutes i think mm. of you know when we first put the show together and um yeah we have to just eventually cut out stuff we lot we all like we just have to say well it, we got to get it to this time so unfortunately some of these jokes got to go <laughs> and you know that's sad but uh, well i mean you know i think the way it kind of it's, it makes it funny as well because like you the way you edit it you can edit from the start of the interview to the very end of the interview like it's happened two seconds after so which makes it more jarring <laughs> like i think I, I think it works really well <laughs> yeah those interviews are really they're a real puzzle to put together yeah. <laughs> because you have to you kind of have to make it seem like it's a continuous timeline you know <laughs> but it's clearly it's not but yeah you really have to like find ways to make it make those work and kind of flow in sort of like a yeah but i guess continuous pace yeah i guess is the benefit of it being the weight of the better yeah 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 i mean there's a lot of things you 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 take yeah i mean those are tricky because you they shoot a lot of the okay i'll give you a little I guess secret. I don't know if it's a real secret, but there's all you know. They shoot all the stuff with like the the stage hand or the stage manager. Okay. There's like usually a different guy every episode, or not every every season. There's been a few. There's like a weird guy who sort of you cut to him and he's, mm. you know, shooting a gun or <laughs> you know eating a sandwich or something. They just shoot a bunch of those in a row, and then we we just kind of put those in. All right in different interviews and then there's Hannibal doing a bunch of weird stuff. He's not doing it when you, when they cut to him and he's like trying on a hat or something, those are, that's not happening when the interview is happening. Those mm. are just done, you know, yeah, so you just have like a huge collection. They just shoot a bunch of weird stuff with him. Shoot a bunch of weird stuff with like the camera guy, shoot a bunch of stuff mm. with the stage manager. So we have things to cut away to, to, it, those also help move the interview along if you want to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then a, a ton of stuff that Eric is doing at the desk, they shoot kind of. Yeah. 
um, they just get a bunch of weird cutaways. They're called yeah, the, and then band the band of course is like they're not there's no band there when the interview is happening. Oh, really? That's all done <laughs> like one full day. They just do a bunch of weird stuff with the band, and then because there's never a, you, you won't see a wide shot with the band in it. You just cut over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's quite baffling actually to me. Always always imagine the band to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't. I'm pretty sure they're not there. No, they're not there. I, I, I guess, like, um, I mean, I can't imagine what, because I've heard a lot of things about it as well, about how, like, they um, they turn up the air, the, the heating in the room, and all these kind of weird stuff to, just to make the guests more uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I imagine, like, a band playing there would just make it ten times worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I hope I'm not giving up any secrets here, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure if you read about the turning up the heat and stuff, you know about yeah they all the techniques that they use yeah yeah to make the guests they just try to make the guests um surprise the guest i guess right. or keep them mm, mm, mm. get reactions from them mm. um as well as editing like these shows eric andre paul andia uh tim and eric i mean you're now quite preoccupied with your own projects um Pound House, Two Way Crew, uh, your podcast as well. Um, I mean, had you always had in the back of your mind this urge to create your own show? Like, had it always been, you know, I want to stop editing. I want to like actually create stuff by myself. Oh yeah, I mean, big time. That's still, it's still a you know a dream of mine to have my own show. And for the last eight, 10 years, I've been pitching shows and they get, sometimes they get, they buy the idea and then they go down, um, the chain and they kind of fizzle out. They fizzled out here and there for different reasons, but yeah, for sure. I'd rather do my own show than, I mean, at first working with Tim and Eric was like, perfect. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always thought, I wanted to do, I, I mean, I did have my own show in college. I did a public access show. I did four episodes of that. Mm -hmm. um, it was sort of like just a weird sketch show with, re, you know, re-edited found footage and like, you know, kind of weird music. And I, it was just like me experimenting with effects and editing. And um, so, yeah, I, I had my own show and in a way, and then, you know, I would always make my own little videos so i've been working towards this dream of doing my own show mm. and i did get burned out of editing other people's stuff because i just thought why i'm making everyone else's stuff funny but it's why don't i just make my own stuff funny you know but i do i did i did really like those shows i worked on i love mm. I'm, I'm lucky that i worked on some of the, my favorite shows Anyway, you know. Mm. Um, well, with um, Pound House, what, well, the one of the shows you've uh, written, written and direct. Did you write and direct all of it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. With that, I think you, you've I've I've heard before that you've thought about developing that into a feature film. Um, are there any ideas you have in the back of your mind that you'd want to 
we'll pitch towards that. Yeah, that would be amazing to do a feature. Well, yeah, the the Duncan Trussell actually said I should do a feature, a Poundhouse feature, mm. and he said you should call it Poundhouse True Beginnings. <laughs> and I just thought that's a funny, like a prequel, funny oh. title. I mean, it would be like the origin story, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. That's, I think, I think it would just sort of be like in the. In the David Lynch, uh, Twin Peaks, where it's just sort of like, I think you had a Twin Peaks movie and then you had the Twin Peaks TV show. It would just yeah. be like this other movie version of kind of the characters and um, not really like the origin story, mm -hmm. but um, I do have some ideas. But yeah, I mean, for me to sit down and write a feature script... It's not, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's not really my strong suit, I guess, is sitting down and writing it. I've never written a feature. I can write all kinds of funny little scenes and stuff, but like to, to think about like a three act yeah. feature is not my specialty, but yeah, I would love to, um, I would love to do that. I mean, do you think I should? Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about that actually. About you have ideas for little scenes. There was this cool thing that David Lynch said actually about um, the way he thinks of his own films. Is he just imagines these several scenes, like several random scenes or several just interesting scenes, and plonks them together. Like he just finds a way to make them like work together. Which is why his films seem so like, like a dream, like so like just weirdly connected. Oh, I guess I have the same method because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a little note. I have a little note, um, you know, pad on my phone, and I just jot down like little, you know, just going through life. Some somebody would say something really weird or have an ex an odd experience mm -hmm. at a store or a restaurant or something, and I'll think. Or I'll even think like, what if this happened at this restaurant right now? That'd be so funny. Then I'll just write that down. And then they kind of like pile up. Well, that's cool. Maybe I should do the David Lynch method and sort of just string string the ideas together. Yeah. I mean, like Poundhouse is like, I get a big Lynch vibe from it as it is. Like, because it's like a re really weird, it's like this guy stuck in a really weird world. It's like, he gets like, just, yeah constantly bullied and pushed around and it's acted as as if it's like a normal thing <laughs> i think that's like hilarious because <laughs> you know well that's what i'm going for yeah that's what i'm going for so <laughs> yeah i mean that that's how that show is done too i just i'll think of a funny scene and i'll write it down mm, and mm, mm. Me, and brent, me and brent kind of write it together mm. um yeah the first one we did of that I think I had a weird experience. I have several weird experiences selling stuff on Craigslist. I don't know if you have Craigslist there, but it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like selling, selling used stuff on the internet on classified. Right. <laughs> and, you know, people come over and he's just trying to sell some cheap thing. And it's this big, you know, you got to meet the person and they're just, they're weird. <laughs> and I just wanted to do something playing with that. Yeah. 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 And then I, I, I didn't think that was any good. 
we shot it and I sat on that footage for like a year or something. Brent <laughs> said, Oh, we should edit that. And I said, Oh, that thing we did with the beanbag. I don't think that's any good. But then it always comes together in the edit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I, I, like, well, that's the thing with your editing as well. Like, um, you must like change a lot of things. Like there must be, like, there must be things that have been shot and then they've been completely remeddled in the edit. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of my specialty um, when I mm. when I'm hired to do stuff mm. is to mm. my own kind of spin on it. But it's cool when you write something, you have a good script, you have a good idea, and it and it comes to life mm. in the edit. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the two by cruise videos are actually like that. You know, they seem kind of like super weird, but we think about every little. It's kind of written out, like it kind of comes to life the way we imagine it really? a lot of times hmm. yeah, cool. yeah i mean you know, I, I i love 2x as well like um i mean the the way because it, it would sound is synced after isn't it because it because it's it sounds like it's been dubbed over is that right yeah yeah, yeah. that was the whole idea yeah i mean like i think that started i mean i i actually did some of that like a long time ago, I just think that's a funny, mm, mm. just automatically funny. Mm. And I did I did that back in college. And I just, I always like the feel of that. It just feels kind of trippy somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, <laughs> you know, and we thought, you know, when you make, when you do a, sh when you shoot like stuff, the sound is always like kind of the most tricky part. You have to get a sound guy mm. and get the lobs and kind of hide them in your shirt. And we thought, what if we just shoot it on a crappy camera and just do all the audio later and make the audio like really close to the mic and, you know, <laughs> make it, we could do, we could make the, every take our, our, we can make it perfect, you know, mm, mm, mm. sound, make the sound all perfect mm. and have the video look like crap. Mm. I mean, that, that's one thing you play around with a lot as well. Sound effects. Yeah, I mean that's I I almost consider myself more of a sound artist. Yeah. Than. I mean that's equal when when I say I'm a video editor, I'm I'm like the sound is like, almost more important because that's to me that's where the funny the real funny stuff comes, in the sound. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. You could throw in all kinds of stuff that is always like, surprising. I like mm. to just have things that are like surprising and like. Mm. Mm. Um, and you know, some people ask me to edit music videos and I, those are my least favorite thing to edit because mm. the sound is locked. You can't do anything fun. I just, I, I feel kind of like I can't really do much yeah. with it. I can't do my thing when I'm doing that, when I'm editing a music video. I guess as well with music videos, like you have to cater for the mood that the music is. Like if it's like a heavy song, you have to have like yeah false cuts or whatever you know and i have for some reason when someone says you want to make a music video for this song even if it's a cool song i'm usually like i have no ideas here <laughs> no that's not my that's not my whatever and that just doesn't come to me it doesn't come naturally to do video uh, music video ideas don't come yeah flowing i mean like how do you think of ideas to like do they when if someone pitches you or no, if someone gives you like an episode of their Echondre show 
Like, do you find yourself better sitting down and just giving a go at it, or do you kind of note like note a lot a lot of stuff down before before you start editing? Like when I when I go to edit a video, uh, like a segment for Eric Andre. Yeah. Do you just like go straight into it, or do you like uh, prep before? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting better. I mean, early on, it would be very daunting to edit something. Like, I remember in Portlandia, they, they shoot like a, a little sketch and there's like an hour of footage and it needs to be like one minute long. Jeez. It's like, so, I mean, I'm, I've gotten better at it because now I know you just watch, first you watch all the footage and you kind of mark. Um, if you highlight the clip and you just hit play, you can hit the M button and the M will make little marks. Mm. So that's the first pass. So you just got to do it. It's kind of like riding a bike for 10, you know, 10 miles or whatever, along a hundred kilometers. It seems really like a long ride, but if you just think about, well, if I'm just going to get to, let's just get to the end of that block and then we'll get to the end of the next block. You just, now that's, that's how I think about it. You just, you watch it and then you, like, then you watch it again and then you pick, mm. you narrow down those little marks into, and then you just had, ha, kind of have to like watch it over and over and then, and then it'll start to, and then in my mind, I'll, I'll start to be like, okay, I, I understand how I'm going to piece this together now. Yeah. I mean, you know, slowly but surely it just, it's just like, pass you just gotta take pass after pass after pass and a lot of times i'm by the time i i get down to the final pass it's like version number 16 or whatever <laughs> you know just slow process but you just got to do it mm. I, I know a lot of editors who have gone like absolutely crazy in the like edit suites i mean like what's what's the most like insane you've become from editing a piece What's the most insane I've become? Yeah, like, I mean, the most like the the thing that's made you want to tear out your own skin. <laughs> oh man, nothing. That's funny because that's happened a lot. But <laughs> oh man, I can't really think of anything right now. Nothing's coming to. Well, that it happens well, a lot where I get like, I go through this emotional roller coaster. Huh. Like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. This is, and I get all pissed off. Like, this sucks. Uh, this is nothing. Nothing. What do they want me to do with this? You know? And then <laughs> I can't say because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but there's been <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> things that I've, <laughs> that I've, yeah, there's been moments, but um, yeah, I mean, the thing with editing is it was great for, the first five to eight years. And then I started to really get burned out because mm -hmm. I started to just hate sitting in front of a computer all day. Yeah. And when I edit, I, I actually kind of lollygag all day and then, or just kind of like watch the footage. And then when I'm actually doing the, the, a lot of the creative work, it's in a burst, you know, I kind of have to like sit with it and think about it for a while and not really do much. And then it all kinds of, it all kinds of gets crammed at the end. 
kind of like a um kind of like having a test in college or something you kind of wait to the last minute mm. to like that's how i do the editing a lot of times i just cram it <laughs> wait, and yeah. the the sense of the sense of like deadline the imminent deadline is really where my brain kind of comes to life and i'm like i really gotta yeah nail it and i get into this flow state it's hard to get into that flow state a lot when they're when you're not inspired by what you're working on there, yeah there's been there's been projects where i'm kind of like over it you know and it's hard to that's that was the the time um we don't have to talk about this um but um i'm just gonna say briefly about like how i read up about how you met tim and eric um it was through if you want to talk about if you want to tell a story you can but you're probably sick of telling it um but you mount craigslist right through like an intern ad for tom goes the mayor um yeah and uh the one of the producers on the show was bob bob odenkirk and yeah you you're quite a big fan of mr show right and did did like did you get to meet him at that time did um like uh, when you were an intern did you get to like meet him and shake his hand and all all that kind of stuff i mean mr show was like my favorite like sketch comedy show at the time Mm -hmm. when i was living in chicago and i thought this is the kind of show i should be working on i gotta go to la this is where the that shows made mm. so that was like my you know shoot for the stars thing like that's the show i gotta i gotta do that whatever that is i want to be involved with this so then you know i moved to la i worked for playboy.com and then maybe a year after doing that i i found out that i might that i should look for another job because our department is downsizing or something so i, I kind of it was kind of a relief where it was like Mm. Oh, thank God I can do something. I could look for something cool. So I saw an ad and it just said comedy show wants an editor. That's all it said <laughs> or wants an intern. So I set my resume in and uh, their assistant called me back and I actually, somehow I knew about Tim and Eric. I think I saw their website. All right. She said, guys, Tim and Eric and it's an animated show. And this guy, Bob Odenkirk is, producing it i don't know if you've heard of him so i'm thinking what are the chances like this one the one craigslist ad i answer is for a show produced by bob odenkirk i kind of blew my mind i'm like what Mm. the hell (laughs) so um yeah i remember just being in there and you know bob i was just some intern i didn't want to i just try to play it cool but i'm sitting there thinking like i can't believe he's right behind me this is crazy (laughs) But he was really, he was really uh, cool. He did one of the nicest things to me, yeah. to the whole staff of that show. He gave us, he gave us all this like bonus check, like at the end of the season. I don't know what happened, but there was like an, an excess of production money that they saved or something, and he divvied all his extra up and gave it to to all the it was a small crew but we all got a little check from bob and it was it wasn't a small amount it was like a few 
a few thousand bucks or something Jeez. at that time it was like a lot of money and i was able to pay off my credit card bill and i was like that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done i can't believe <laughs> it this guy this guy's cool you know he's yeah he's a great guy yeah i mean obviously he went on to work with like tim and eric and stuff um do, do you keep in contact with him at all um no not i'm not i'm kind of shy about like i don't want to force any kind of i you know i'm friendly with bob i would see him you know i would see him around here and there and you know we would chit chat a little bit mm. but he's got a lot going on he doesn't want me to be like talking to zero off i would see him at shows and he would he would be really cool and say hi mm. but that's about it you know i I'm sure he's, you know, he's the kind of person that probably has a lot of people trying to get close to him or talk to him. I don't want to be one of these people like that. <laughs> and I just want it to be like natural and not forced. Yeah, or something. yeah of course. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, it's quite weird how he's like gone from doing these, this really weird comedy show to being like a dramatic actor in a really big TV series. Um, yeah, he's great. Also, Better Call Saul is amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I just finished Love the that. last episode uh, uh, last week, actually. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Bob's the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, was Tim and Eric's awesome show great job received well at the time? Do you think? Well, it's it's like a lot of good art. It's very dis divisive. You know, some people hated it violently. Oh really? Some people hated Tom. I remember Tom goes to the mayor. We used to look at the uh, the Adult Swim boards. That must have been before Twitter and all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was like somebody made a website and it was just like, it was Tom from Tom Goes to the Mayor, like sh putting a gun to his head and blowing his head off, like all animated. That it, it pissed people off to the point that they bothered to make that into a website. Yes. They hated it so much. It's like it's a it's an eleven minute show. You can turn the channel, you can change the channel for a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Come watch whatever show you want to watch later. It's just funny, but no, I re I remember you know the right people thinking us or you know the people with good taste all thought awesome show was was great. You know, I mean it. it it attracted people like John C. Riley and, mm. you know, Paul Rudd. And I think the people that get it are get it. Mm. I just think, you know, clearly it's not for, it's not for everybody. Mm. It's definitely like, it's not like 30 rock or something, but the people that like it, like really love it, you mm. know, mm. they connect with it big time, but it's not, it's not for everybody. And that's fine. I think that's, if it's so, if it's like for everybody, then it's probably kind of like broad and kind of not very, it doesn't have much of an edge to it. Yeah. It's not as, to me, it's not going to be something I'm going to, I don't really like things that appeal to everybody. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing I think about a lot as well about how, um, like more the alternative shows aren't received as well as, popular shows and I, I i i i wonder why like why why people prefer like kind of straightforward 
um, conventional uh, stuff rather than something like more interesting or with a bit more twist. Like why, why is that seen as less popular? <laughs> I I have no idea. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. What's it? What do people like? And where you're in the UK, right? Yeah. Where are you located? Uh, um, Brighton, which is uh, south of of England. Brighton Beach. Yep. Yeah. So, are you a beach boy? <laughs> um, I am not a beach boy, but I love the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, I guess that's just how it goes. If it was for everybody, then it would be. I mean, who knows? Who knows why that is? But you know, I like everyone likes different stuff. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the topic of Beach Boys, actually, music. Because I, I know you do make music quite a lot. Um, heard you're a big Aphex Twin fan. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite album? Dare I ask? Oh, Richard D. James. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I, I'm not I'm not sure why. Like, it's a, it's a great album, but that's, it's I, I often feel like it, there's a lot of other other albums which don't receive as much like attention as much as that one. Um, I mean, like, drug. Well, well, what do you what, what would you choose? Um, I really like drugs just because it's so it's insanely different every track like you have like baroque music played on like a yeah a organ or whatever and insane like beats all on the same album it's just like the most just meddling album ever um, I should um I should revisit that. I gave it, you know, I, I listened to it a lot, but I thought there was a lot of stuff I wanted to skip, you know? Yeah. So as an album, as a whole, I thought Richard D. James was maybe just came out at the right time or I, I first heard it at a certain time that I really kind of like did, you know, really sunk in with me. I also like the, the ambient works a lot. I've listened to, mm -hmm. listened to those a lot. Mm. I mean, is that what made you get into music? Uh, Aphex Twin or any anyone else in particular? Uh, well, back in college, I was into like shoegaze stuff. Mm -hmm. um, My Bloody Valentine mm. and Ride, Chapter House, things like that. Mm. Slow Dive, that was one of the favorites. Mm. I just, I tried to, um, I tried to make that kind of music with a couple friends and you know what i mean i just didn't really know what i was doing was just but... in the band or <laughs> just like jamming around we had a band we had a band for a while right hmm. we just tried to sound like slow dive <laughs> i tried to sound like the, the swirlies which is more of a noisier kind of sonic youth kind of group right. <laughs> um but i never took any like music classes i didn't really know how to how a song worked but we got some cool we just made some cool droney droney kind of you know wall of sound kind of stuff yeah 
But then after that, I don't know, my taste changed and like I got into, I started that when, when, when I got into Aphex Twin, that's when I wanted to like try to make stuff on a computer mm -hmm. Hmm. and I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, but like, you know, the, as the years, you know, go on, I get, I actually kind of like teach myself how to make music more and more and I get better at the tools. So, um, I mean, I, I would love to just, uh, I mean, making music is, you know, like they say, every comedian wants to make, be a musician and every musician wants to be a comedian. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's really fun to make music. It's, mm -hmm. it's really hard sometimes because I can't really do, I can't really make, I think I'm getting better and better, but that's my a goal is to make like a real banger one day. Yeah. Well, like a uptown funk kind of thing or like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know. Just something that's some kind of catchy song that people want to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get on some playlist. I think my, my stuff is still a little too goofy. <laughs> well, um, well that, that's something else I want to talk about as well. Cause, um, I've been listening to a lot to, um, the free roads, the uh, collab album you did with Sir Spence. Um, oh yeah, like that's that's it's quite it's quite different to a lot of your other stuff. It's more like, it sounds more serious. I don't know whether it, is it. Yeah, that's probably the best stuff I've done. Yeah, like I really like it. Like yeah. um, it it reminds me. Oh, thank you. It reminds me a lot of um, do you know Nicholas Shaw? Mm hmm. Um, he did. He did. A, yeah. He did um, a project called Against All Logic. You're, oh yeah. It, yeah, it reminds I, me a like lot it. of that. Um, oh, that's a big compliment. Just this. Um, it's it's a very it's very fun music, but it has a lot of interesting like development to it. If you know what I mean, like it's it's very hard to yeah. do that. Like it's hard to have like a very like they say like making happy music is quite hard. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I want to do, I, yeah, there's, I want to do kind of like dancey techno y kind of music, but it's also kind of like kind of fun and silly in a way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of that exact. I'm trying to do this like really specific. You know, Aphex Twin did it a lot on, you know, some of his tracks like Milkman mm. and Finger Bib. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of like fun and happy yeah, and they, yeah. but um yeah i'm just i'm trying to do i'm trying to do something like that and it's kind of that's my goal mm, mm, and mm. we have we have me and you know when the pandemic me and sir spence were we're on a roll we were meeting up every week and making some cool stuff mm. we have this like epic like tune that just came to a halt when the pandemic started which is unfortunate because we were on a roll. Yeah. But we'll, we'll pick it back up sooner or later. <laughs> so do you have plans to, cause that was an EP, wasn't it? You, you dropped. Um, yeah, we did the coconut sandwiches. And I think before that we had like a single that came out. Mm. Um, like what, what, what kind of, um, so who took care of what in the, in the collaboration? Was it, was it you on beats and suspense on like synth and, or was it a bit of both? Um, it probably depends which track. Um, mm. 
Yeah, it depends which track. I mean, some of them I I did like the chords. I just started like putting chords together, and then we 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 do this thing sometimes where we set a timer for ten minutes. We we work on the same computer, mm. and one of us messes around for ten minutes, and then when the timer goes off, they got to switch out. No matter what's happening, <laughs> the other person gets in. And that's interesting. It's kind of fun because you got this ten minute thing, and you're trying to. It makes you kind of act faster or like have more urgency yeah i don't know i don't but he he's he's more of a uh he's more of a whiz with technical things with the soft he's better with the software he knows how to uh. like mix things and tweak stuff where i kind of like chop up things and i kind of like make little catchy little um I don't know. Sometimes, it, it, yeah, it's a good collaboration because we both do both of it. I think. Mm. Like, do you do you find it better working with someone else, or do you prefer making it or uh, making music by yourself? Oh, it's with music. It's way better to collaborate mm. because I, it's easy easier to hit a wall with music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I usually have a friend. My friend Adam mix my mix my tracks. Like, I just did a. I just finished one last night and he always, I'm like, can you, he's quick and he's like an Ableton whiz. So he'll, hmm. he'll make it knock. He calls it, he makes <laughs> them knock, makes it all fat and loud and makes the drums hit harder somehow. And these tricks that I don't know. Hmm. Is it, is it, is it so that the, the free approach, is that something you want to do more of, or do you want to, do you still want to do like your, like, I guess like jokey DJ kind of thing? Oh, I, I would, I want to do more three-year-olds out. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, I would, yeah. it would be, it would be like excellent to get, have some kind of track that gets on the radar of somebody mm. and, you know, people notice it and say, Oh, this is kind of good. Um, mm. Not that I just crave recognition. It would just be cool to, be part of the conversation of uh you know the current music state of music and these yeah i don't know make a make make some noise that would be cool that's all yeah i mean uh i mean yeah like i, th I think like i i did love the um the workout tape you think you did like, i'll not i'll ask about that as well like was that was that intended as an actual workout tape or was it more like a a kind of a joke on the workout tapes um it wasn't intended to be an actual workout tape okay that was part of this tape cassette um series where they would starburns press would do they had this concept to put out one tape cassette per month i think tape of the month club mm -hmm. but they were all kind of um they all kind of had uh some kind of goofy theme to them like books on tape or field recordings you know it wasn't just like releasing a tape of music it had to have some kind of mm -hmm. like concept so they asked me if i had any ideas and i thought well it'd be cool to do a work maybe a workout tape i'll just do my own version of that and when i was making it I actually like remember timing out the songs and doing the workouts to the songs to say that 
just to to make sure that it was doable yeah like somebody yeah. could actually listen to it and work out to it and a few people have sent me like instagram videos like we're doing your workout again <laughs> so that's kind of cool and then i try to put some silly stuff in there like crawling around on the floor <laughs> and stuff and make it kind of make it a joke but also make it an actual workout that you could do yeah have you ever bought out have you what's out to it yourself <laughs> <laughs> i think once <laughs> but i've been thinking about it you know like now's a good time while everyone's you know staying home yeah i was thinking about doing some kind of twitch or live stream <laughs> of the workout yeah <laughs> that see if anyone wants to join me yeah it'd be kind of cool idea. <laughs> well that was dj duck pound you were listening to i hope you enjoyed the episode and make sure to check out some more of duck's work pound house and two wet crew are all available on Doug's YouTube channel. D-O-U-G-G-P-O-U-N-D. Doug Pound. And to top things off, here's a track from Doug's latest project in collaboration with Sir Spence, The Three-Year-Olds. The track is called Coconut Sandwiches.
Yeah. I like that. That's the kind of stuff I like. Who else do you have? Uh, who else do you want to interview? Oh, uh, I've got a long list. Um, like, what's your bucket list? Like, do anyone come to mind? Um, like someone? Well, this this like, comedian. Really want? Um, comedian called Jay London. I don't know if you, you've heard of him. Yes. Yes, I know Jay. I mean, I don't know him. I think I made him met, met him once or twice. Yeah. Like, he's he's probably my, my ideal guest. Because I, I find him fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> he's just... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's great because his jokes are just so like i can't believe people are yeah he's he's telling this joke for real it's uh it's, i think about <laughs> it's him, great like it's just he's yeah he's jokes his delivery his timing yeah i'm a i'm a big fan for sure hey joe get in touch